Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is sponsored in loving memory of Jack Ajmi Alava Shalom Lilunishmad Yaakov Ben Nazira, sponsored by the Ajmi family. As well, dedicated in loving memory and Lilunishmad Rabbi Meir Balanes Alava Shalom and his Askara, sponsored by Gabriel Amos, Azaku Baruch, Aneni, Elahad de Meir Aneni. And finally, the week of Cobra was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. Someone called me and asked me, why do we talk about the sponsorship of a Cobra? They thought for some reason that I was saying Cobra and there's snakes here in the synagogue. <laughs> so I get some interesting phone calls and messages after the shiur, Baruch Hashem. I reassured them <laughs> that there are no snakes here. They're more than welcome to come. And uh, I, th I guess being reassured that there were no snakes at the breakfast in the class uh, has allowed uh, a wonderful visit from the Edie and Batesh families coming all the way from Brooklyn to spend Shabbat with us. Very special to have you. And the Sion family also from, uh, from Florida. It's incredible to, to uh, find the people that have been listening online and then they come spend time with us in real person. Uh, it's live, it's, a, it's always a... A treat. I mean, for them, maybe because they get to meet, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know who they are at all until I get to put a face to the name of the messaging and the, and the, uh, and the donating and, and the sponsoring of Zakhu Baruch. Let's begin. Today is Pesach Sheni. It's called Pesach Sheni because people are doubly happy because it's called Pesach and the Kiri Chametz. But the truth is, it's called Pesach Sheni because there was a group of people in the desert that were unable to bring the Korban Pesach in its time. Why not? Because they were Tameh. They were unfortunately Anu Tameh'in L'Nefesh Adam. We are impure. Machloket, uh, exactly who they were, but one of the opinions is it was the people that dragged out Nadav and Avihu after they passed away in Aharemot, so they were pulled out by their cousins. And they were, therefore they were Tameh. They were Tameh'in L'Nefesh Adam. So they were impure, unfortunately. They didn't have a mechanism to become pure on time, para um, etc., etc. So what could they do? Anyway, they come to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say to Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, Lama nigara? Why should we be? Why should we be worse off? Libilti hakriv to be able to bring the korban of the korban pesach. Why should we be left out? It's not fair. We also want to bring a korban. Moshe Rabbeinu says, You know what? I hear you. You know, I can't make this stuff up. I have to ask Borei Olam. So he goes to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and God tells him that indeed their desire was rewarded with Pesach Sheni, with a, a mitzvah, which tells us that if someone misses it for uh, reasons beyond their control, they can bring another korban on what day? What's today? Pesach Sheni, what's the date in the Hebrew calendar? 14th. 14th of Iyar. Okay? So there's an opportunity to be able to do a do-over in the form of Pesach Sheni. Now, the fact that there is a do-over on Pesach Sheni is interesting. What is more interesting to me is that of all the mitzvot in the Torah, the only mitzvah that we have recorded where people said, it's not fair, I couldn't participate, there should be a do-over. The only mitzvah is this one. You don't find any other. So a guy, let's say there's mosquitoes pouring rain on Sukkot. 
We don't say one month after Tishrei, on the 14th day of Cheshvan, Sukkot Sheni. No such mitzvah. No such thing. Right? Shavuot Sheni. I was tired. I couldn't stay up all night. You know, can we do this again in a month? No such thing. Or maybe they didn't miss any mitzvot. So maybe this is a, not a good question because maybe they didn't miss any mitzvot, except the fact is that we know that they did. Which mitzvah did they miss? The mitzvah of Brit Milah, we know that they missed. That we know that, right? During the time, the whole time they were in the desert, the mafi do over, true. But they should, uh, maybe they should have asked for another an alternate way to do the mitzvah. They asked for an alternate date. Maybe they could have asked for an alternate way. We don't find the people coming forward and saying, we missed out on the mitzvah. We, give us another way. Give us another day. In fact, our rabbis tell us that the whole element of the day, the whole uh, parasha of getting a new opportunity to do the mitzvah was therefore called on the name of the people said, Lama nigara, why not me? It's interesting. Um, the Chachmei HaEmet, the rabbis, of the Kabbalistic of a Kabbalistic bent, they translate, there's a very famous sentence that goes, Mantzapach Tzofim Ameru. Mantzapach, what does that mean? Anyone know? What's Mantzapach? Excellent. So of all the letters in the alphabet, we have uh, f- uh, five letters that they have a sofit. Man, Mem, Nun, Tzadi, Pei, Chaf. Why Chaf is last? It's own question. But Mantzapach, Okay. Those letters all have a letter that's Sofit. Sofim Amarum say, uh, say our Chachamim that they were said to us by the prophets, by the Nevi'im. But I read from the Chachmei Ha'emet a deeper understanding of Mantzapach Sofim Amaru is this. Mantzapach stands for Mekoshesh Etzim. Right? Nun is Nokev Shem Hashem. The person who cursed God. In each of these cases they didn't know what to do. So they needed to use the prophecy, the concept of Nivu'ah, to be able to tell over what the halakha was. Pei, Pesach Sheni. Tzadi. Sorry, Tzlovchad, excellent. Chaf. No Chaf. One more example where they did not know the halakha. I can see some of you are thinking, I'm going to give you till the end of the class to come up with it. Loki, I forgot it. No, I'm joking. Okay. Yes? Mantzapach Tzofim Amerum. So there's one more case where Moshe Rabbeinu needed to come on to Nebuah in order to be able to find out the halakha that they did not know. Now, this is one of them. And therefore it was given, Al-Shemat was given on their name. So I want to talk for one second, not about the fact that they got a do-over but about the fact that they asked for it. <clears throat> now most people, when it comes to a situation where a person can't do a mitzvah, what do they say? Patur. Done. I'm out. I'm finished. I'm not obligated. A guy comes to give you tzedakah. You touch your pockets. You don't have anything. Do you give a thought about the fact that you weren't able to be mekayah in the mitzvah? Does it, do you think, do you carry that thought home? Oh, I wish I had a dollar with me. Can't believe it. Go back, find the guy. You know, who does that? 
There's times a person's patur, you're patur, patur. But there was such a desire on behalf of these people <clears throat> that they wanted it so much that they, so to speak, generated, created this opportunity of Pesach Sheni. Now, I want to talk about that feeling. I want to share a, an insane story. A story with the Mekubal of Moshe de Leon. The story is brought down in the Sefer Chemdat Yamim. Otherwise, I would not have believed it. In the days of this uh, great, of this great uh, uh, Mekubal, I wonder if he's related to Shmuel, by the way. Right? In the day of this great uh, Mekubal, a man came to him who truly was a wicked person. He'd spent his life doing all the wrong things. Anyway, Vayihi Hayom, and the day comes, and this person, he, he realizes it, it's not going to end well for him. He sees God, he sees God's hand, he sees the tzaddikim, he's learning the ways of the world, he realizes, he's, he, this guy, what does he got? He's got to do Teshuvah at any cost. He comes to the rabbi and he says to the rabbi, please tell me whatever I need to do, I'll do it. I'm already trying to better my ways, but how do I undo all of the terrible avonot I did my whole life? And the rabbi says, well, what have you done? And the man tells him, and the rabbi can't believe what he's hearing, how terrible this was. But he sees the man is really, wants to do teshuvah. He says to him, listen, some of the avonot that you're describing to me, they carry with it a death penalty. He says, teshuvah for you will be if you accept on yourself to die al kiddush Hashem. He says, to die? He says, yes. The death, you're saying you're doing teshuvah. You're accepting on yourself ownership, responsibility. You know, you did the crime. Got to do the time. Guy says, okay. He says, well, the most hamur of the, uh, of the mitot bedin is serefa. Is when they would burn the person if a person had an extreme case, an extreme crime. So it doesn't involve, they don't burn you in a fire. What is Serefat Bedin? They would take boiling hot lead, the person would open up and they would pour it down and instantly the guy would burn its way through the person, the guy would be dead in a second. It's one of the processes of, the, of executing the death penalty. They didn't have an electric chair. <laughs> right? We say it on Yom Kippur. Right? So he says, do you accept on yourself? He says, sure. He says, okay, tomorrow morning, put your affairs in order, come to the Bedin, we're going to carry it out. Guy goes home, says goodbye, does everything he needs to do, ties everything up with a ribbon, comes back into the place. The rabbi says, are you ready? Yes. He says, the vidui. Okay. He says, uh, he says uh, the, the tefilot. He, you know, he gets ready. You know, he lies down. The rabbi puts a blindfold on him and he hears the sound of the lead bubbling smell. He says, okay, say that. I'll say again the, the, the vidui. Ashamnu against crying, Baganu, Gazanu, Debaru, Dofi. He goes through the whole process. And finally he finishes and he says, Are you ready? Man says, I'm ready. He says, Open your mouth, opens his mouth. And he pours down his throat the Bissamim that we have on Saturday night. The rose water. The man is what is this? He spits it out, tears off the thing. So what are you doing to me? What is <laughs> the rabbi says, it's fine. 
You were willing. We didn't need to go through with it. You just needed to inst- indicate that you were willing. And the man says, please, Rabbi, you know, you don't know. I was there when I did all those sins. I need this kapara. Please, he's begging the man. The rabbi says, relax. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu carries out punishment. We don't carry out these punishments. It's between you and God. Your teshuvah is whole. Teshuvah has the power to remake a person. You're good. You're clean. Live the rest of your life. The man does. He becomes a student completely connected with the rabbi. There was one thing the rabbi promised him if he did complete the shuvah. He promised him that when he would pass away, he would go to Gan Eden and the rabbi would attempt to pull him to be in the same place in Gan Eden as him. I thought to myself, how could the rabbi make that... uh, could a rabbi tell you? Imagine some guy comes over to you, rabbi. Rabbi, look, I want to be with you in Gan Eden. Was it an extra seat at the Rangers game? <laughs> no problem. I'm going to tell God. Whatever he tells me where I'm going, I'm like, I need to. What does that mean? I think the answer is that the rabbi recognized how far the person was. And he realized that if he did complete the shuvah from that place, he would actually merit. The merit would be so great, like the Gemara says... In a place that a true Baal Teshuvah stands, a complete Sadiq doesn't stand. Why? Because the Sadiq, he lived his whole life, all he ate was, uh, you know, kosher tuna fish bagels. He never had the bacon supreme uh, burgers steam. Never had it. Doesn't know what it tastes like. Doesn't know what it means to, to not go in and eat it. So the rabbi said, from where you're standing, if you do teshuvah, you'll be with me. He became the closest student of Rabbi Moshe de Leon, studied Torah with him, was in his Bet Midrash, never moved, lived his entire life in Tushah of Tara. And I want to read this to you. When the rabbi died, this student, he prayed to God. He non-stop prayed to God when his rabbi passed, gamu that he should also go with his rabbi. Before he passed, right next to his rabbi, some very, I don't know if it was the same day, within a few days, he said, Panu makom, the Rabbi Moshe de Leon, make way, he said, for Rabbi Moshe de Leon, Sheba lekayem shvuato, loholicheni legan haeden letzido. Because I see that he's coming to me now to clear the way for me to come with him to Gan Eden. Rabbi Galinsky says an unbelievable insight. He said this story, as strange, as weird, wild, wacky, wonderful as it may seem, it carries with it a tremendous lesson. And the lesson is that almost always, when a person is attempting to do teshuvah or attempting to better their ways or attempting to do something that they thought that they couldn't do, what they thought they were opening their mouth for was a mouthful of molten lead. They decide they're not going to speak Lashon Ara, it's going to be murder. They decide they're only going to eat kosher, it's going to be murder. It's going to be the worst. I'm not going to keep Shabbat, forget it, Rabbi. My friends only go out on Shabbat and on kosher restaurants. 
No Shabbat, no God kosher. What am I even alive for? <laughs> they think it's going to be the worst thing ever. But then when they go there, when they make the attempt, what do they get? A mouthful of rose water. What's the Syrian pastry? The one that looks like it's alive and it belongs on Ghostbusters? The one that you shake the table and it shakes? Al-Masir? <laughs> Looks a little bit like Slimer, I'm not going to lie. You understand me? God says, open your mouth, and I'll fill it with the most unbelievable gifts, with the most unbelievable things. But the person needs to open their mouth. The people who came forward to Moshe Rabbeinu with Pesach Sheni, they had no idea what they were going to get. But they made the effort. When a person makes the effort, HaKadosh Baruch Hu delivers. But that first step has always got to be from you. A person who keeps Shemitah, this week's parashah, we read all about Shemitah. There is no logical way that a person who keeps Shemitah could go to sleep at night. You understand that you're not going to work your field for an entire year. These are people, they were farmers. They didn't invest in futures. They didn't have Bitcoin. They didn't have a real estate portfolio. They had tomatoes. If they didn't sell enough tomatoes, they had no ekel. There's no food on the table. No money for diapers. No money for yeshiva. No money for anything. Go tell someone to go take a year off. And then by the way, how long is a year off? It's two years. Because the seventh, you can't plant anything. Right? And the eighth, you have to wait until the crop comes. You understand? The, there's the misirut nefesh from these people is off the charts. So much so that the Gemara says about the farmer shemitot. The shemitot farmers, excuse me. Barachu et Hashem malachav. Blessed me Hashem, blessed malachav. His angels... Gibore Koach, those ones that are mighty of strength, they do his word, to hear the sound of his word. That pasuk, by the way, was originally said about the Jews when they said Na'asev and Ishma. But the Gemara applies it not only to, to us at Na'asev and Ishma, applies it to a Shemitah farmer. And he's fulfilling God's word. And he awaits Lishmoa. He awaits, he wants to hear the sound of God's word. Hashem, you promised. You told me, don't farm. I'm going to be okay. You said, I'm going to give you my beracha, the sixth year, the seventh year, the eighth. You're going to fill up my store. I'm going to be fine. I'm trusting you. But that first day, when the farmer wakes up, you know, you know, the, the rooster comes, time to get up. Guy gets up every day, crack at dawn. Go back to bed. Don't do nothing. Go learn Dafyomi. Do you understand the power of restraint that is required? The power of emunah, of faith that is required to live like that day in, day out? For many of us, a moment of emunah lasts how long? A moment. Someone asks you a question in a meeting. Are you willing to do this deal? I want to hire you for this job but you're not going to always be able to leave early on Friday. It's a yes, no, that emunah requires us to be strong for one minute. 
Have you ever lived with a, with a test that lasts a year? Every minute of every day? Just go out. Just gather in the crops. The poor guys that are all taking your, your field belongs to you. You All you have to do is go out in the middle of the night, take the food, put it in your pantry, you're good to go. No one can take it. Gibore Koach. Unbelievable. Now, I want to add, I want to add to this piece because I think there's a magnificent piece as well that the rabbi, he quotes from Midrash Yerashirim Rabbah. The Midrash tells us that when Hanania, Mishael, and Azayah were faced with the opportunity to either leave God or go into the furnace of fire that Nebuchadnezzar had planned for them. The Midrash says something that many people are not aware of. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azayah, what did they do? They asked Yechezkel Navi. there was a prophet in their time, they were also prophets, but there was a prime prophet in their time, Yechezkel, Ezekiel. They asked him, if we go into the furnace, will God do a miracle for us? Will we be saved? Yechezkel asked, and Borei Olam said, no. They asked the question, God said, no. Amiru, they said, al-da'at ken. Then we're going in, and if the price is the ultimate price, we're not going to give up our religion, our God, not going to turn our back on our heritage, on who we are, just to save our lives. Hanayah, Mishael, and Azayah go into the furnace of fire. When they were thrown into the furnace of fire, the Gemara Sanhedrin lists numerous miracles that were done for them. And the question is obvious. Why did Yechezkel lie? Why did God lie? Go in, I'm not going to do a miracle for you. You know what the answer is? When you were going in on condition to be saved by a miracle, not doing any miracles for you. Because then there's no Mesirut Nefesh. What did you give up? Nothing. But the minute you heard that there was no miracle that was going to be done for you, and you went in anyway, that's an entirely different story. Nobody asked me that question. And the miracles abound. They thought they were going into the mouthful of molten lead, and what happens? Mevradim. Rose water. How many times is that the case? So the challenge, my friends, is not to do the impossible. Bore Olam does the impossible. The challenge, my friends, is to try the impossible. He makes a cheshbon that if a person tries to figure out the weight of the Aaron, I don't know if anyone ever thought about this for a second. The Aaron is amavachetzi, one and a half by, right? Two and a half. Each ama is how much? Six tefachim. That means that one ama is like this. About that big. How, how, long, how, how much is that? About two feet, let's say. Okay? Each ama has two feet. That means that it's one and a half, i.e. three feet, by two and a half, i.e. five feet. Three and a half by five feet. The kaporet is made of solid gold. He makes a cheshbon. I went online to check it. 
How much is a cubic centimeter, one centimeter squared of solid gold? Anyone know? No 47th Street guys here? A cubic centimeter, square centimeter of gold is approximately 20 gram. If you count up the weight of the kaporet, and then you add to it the weight of the kiruvim, and then you add to it the weight of the outer box and the inner box, he makes a cheshbon that the weight of the aron comes out to roughly eight tons of weight. Wild! And it's carried by four kohanim. And that's what it means when we say, Ha'aron nose et nosav. The Aaron carries those who carry it. <laughs> it wasn't a miracle that was unnecessary. It was a miracle that was very necessary. But my friends, we know that the Aaron, what does it represent? It represents Torah. Torah carries its carriers. So often we think that to do the mitzvot, to study, to go to the class, to try to do that mitzvah, to give ma'aser, to eat this, to do that, to be here, to keep to Yom Tov, to do the second day, to fill the thing, to be, do the right way, to learn the halachot, to run your kitchen, you know, al pi halacha, etc., etc., etc. It's a hassle, it's too hard, I can't do it. And the truth is, you can't. If you were doing it by yourself, but the Aaron, which represents Torah, is noseh et nosav. So what was asked of the four Kohanim? To walk up to the poles and to put their shoulder as if they were capable of lifting it. What was asked of Hananam, Mishael, and Azariah? To walk into the furnace of fire as if, as if they were being Moser Nefesh. What happened in the end? There was no Mesirut Nefesh. It was all souls, all roses. How many times do we discover that in the aftermath? The challenge, my friends, is given to each and every one of us to take the first Nachshon step, to put a shoulder under an unliftable burden, to try and do something that we don't feel we can, and ultimately Borei Olam steps in. What does your community need? Forget about whether it's possible. What does the community need? The Kutzka Rebbe used to say, ask not if something is possible. Ask only if it is necessary. If it's necessary, God already will figure out how to make it possible. So what does it take? It takes a few brave men, a few courageous women. May Hashem bless us with people like that. May Hashem bless us to be people like that. To see the difficult burdens, the difficult challenges that Judaism in the modern day and in the modern age sets. And to look at every problem, not as a problem, but as something that awaits a solution and the misirut nefesh for God to make that miraculous solution a reality. What does our people need? What do we need in areas of kiddushah? What do we need in areas of security? What do we need? And you will see impossible things happening so long as a person is willing to make the effort. On Pesach Sheni might be a good day 
to think to yourself, to ask yourself, the things that we're patur from, how can we turn to God and say, Hashem, even if it's impossible, even if there's no commandment, even if there's no mitzvah, even if no one would be obligated in this current circumstance, Amen. May Hashem bless us with that courage. Baruch Amen.